All right. How's everybody doing today? I am fired up to be here. I'm glad you guys made it today. And all of you that are joining us online, very, very glad that you guys are here. I'm fired up about today. I hope that with all the weather outside, I hope you guys have enough milk and bread to um, see through the incredibly maybe 24 hours that the roads won't be clear, you know. But I've heard that old habits die hard. And so people still flock to stores and, and buy stuff, even though the roads will be just fine tomorrow. But anyway, hope, hopefully you guys have enough milk and bread and uh, you guys are all set. So um, today we are continuing our series, God First, the first. And uh, today we're talking about God gets the first day of the week, Sunday. Uh, Sundays for worship only. Guys, I remember the first time my body told me something was wrong. Um, I was in, it was the summer of 1994, uh, three years after the Bengals won their last uh, postseason game. I was right before my junior year in college. I, was, I spent the summers training for soccer. I played college soccer. And uh, we, had to, we had to run two miles under 12 minutes and, 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 and as, as well as having very hard practice. So if you came into preseason out of shape, you were miserable, sunk. So I was training really hard. And I was, um, I was working in a lumber yard 40 hours a week. And then right after working at the lumber yard at 3.30, I got off and I went right to the gym and would lift. And so... Uh, it was about a week before preseason started, and I was doing squats, trying to get my vertical jump up uh, as high as I possibly could before preseason. And as I just normal way, as I went down for squat, I felt a twinge in my left hamstring, um, and I had pulled it badly. And um, and fortunately, the the bailout bars were there because I dropped, and the the the, the it saved me. If I hadn't been there, it would have fallen on me. It was really bad, um, but it was the first overuse injury I had ever had. Now, I'd had contact injuries from, you know, collisions with other players, but I'd never um, had an injury due to my own training. And what, what the doctor told me, the doctor, who also lived in my house, um, told me was that I, it was an overuse injury. I had pushed too hard. Um, I miss a, I, I, my body responded to an overuse injury by stopping my training Altogether, um, I, I missed the first three days of preseason as my hamstring healed up. I was not allowed to practice or play until cleared by the trainer. And what I learned from that, this was, I was a junior in college. I rem, I, this is what I learned. I learned that you will rest, either by choice or by force, but you will rest. I had not been taking rest days during the summer and I overdid it. And the same is true in life, you all, that God commands us to honor the Sabbath by keeping it holy. If we don't, we will be forced to take a day of rest. It, it's inevitable. Exodus 20, verse 8, in the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20 is where you find the Ten Commandments. Commandment number four is this. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore God, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and made it holy. So I guess the question I need to kind of uh, ask everybody <clears throat> is how good are you at giving God the first day of the week? How good are you at keeping it holy? How holy means set apart, honored, you know, sanctified, something special. Most of us by our own admission would say, well, not so good. 
We're not real good at giving God the first day of the week. We're not real good at keeping it holy. Well, let's correct that. Well, well, but, but why? Why should we do this? Well, number one is this. Uh, God takes the Sabbath seriously, and so should we. God takes this day very seriously. All right? Uh, in Numbers 15, 36, 32 through 36, this is what happened to you if you lived in ancient Israel and you didn't keep the Sabbath holy. Check this out. While the Israelites were in the wilderness, a man was found gathering wood on the Sabbath day. Those who found him gathering wood brought him to Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly, and they kept him in custody because it was not clear what should be done to him. The Lord said to Moses, this man must die. The whole assembly must stone him outside the camp. So the assembly took him outside the camp and stoned him to death as the Lord commanded Moses. God takes the Sabbath seriously. If you broke the Sabbath back then, you, it was a death sentence. That's how serious it was. I don't think God has changed. I don't think he wants people killed for, for violating the Sabbath. But he takes it that seriously. Not only did they require a weekly Sabbath, they even had a Sabbath year back then. And the Sabbath year was every seventh year. You didn't do any work. You didn't do any work. You didn't plant. You didn't, you didn't harvest your fields. You didn't, you, you didn't do anything. All debts were canceled, everything. It was, it, was, it was amazing. So question is, you guys, what is the number one problem facing America right now? Isn't it stress? stress everybody's so stressed out. It's unbelievable. All right, so we, we have an entire society dealing with stress after stress after stress, full of depression and anxiety, taking all kind of anxiety and stress meds, saying, ah, Sabbath day, ah, that's not important. That's dumb. We don't need a day off. Hmm. Well, more importantly than that, God says to keep the Sabbath holy because he wants time with you. Now, get this. He wants time with you. All relationships require time. I'm married. My wife and I, we spend time together because we value each other. Every relationship takes time. Uh, it, it requires a prioritization of time. God designed a date day with you. It's called the Sabbath, Sunday. All right, why? Because he loves you, because he wants to spend time with you. You don't have to be forced or cajoled or, or threatened into spending time with the people that you love. You really don't. If you really love them, you automatically want to be with them. You want to spend time with them, okay? Sunday is that day. Someone or something, people, is getting your first day. Is it God? Well, he takes it seriously because he loves you. He gets that we have responsibilities and, and, and duties of work and family, all that. He created the family parents. He gets that you are tired. He gets that. He invented kids, okay? He gets it. Right? But he desires one day, one day where you prioritize him, where you rest, where you relax, where you renew your relationship with him. That is what the Sabbath is for, where you hang out, just you and God. It's one of the reasons we give God the first day of the week. It's date day with God because he loves you, and hopefully you love him. Second, the Sabbath is a place to renew. It's, it's, it's a place to renew. Mark 2.27 says this, talking about Jesus. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Sabbath reminds us that we are human beings, not human doings. That's tweetable. Write that down. You are a human being, not a human doing. So the question is, is Christ the Lord of your Sabbath? This day, this day was made for you. It's really amazing how many aspects of life require rest. You, you, if you do not sleep, how, how, what's the longest 
people can stay awake. Do you know how long people can stay awake without sleep, without it affecting them? It's about 40 hours. If you stay awake for that long, you start to hallucinate. They've got all kinds of, all, all types of studies. If you do not rest, your body will force you to. Okay, you require sleep. Weightlifting, when you, when you work out, it's interesting that the days off is when you actually build. If you, when you are actually lifting weights, you are destroying your muscle fibers. It's the days off that you build back stronger. Uh, automobiles, you, you, until, I mean, we're not plane, we're not, we're not uh, fighter jets where we can refuel in midair. We have to stop, pull over the side of the road, turn the engine off, get out and refuel. You have to stop. Okay, um, a few years ago, I had to leave the men's retreat early because I refereed soccer on, on, on Saturday nights, picking up a few extra dollars. Uh, my, my last referee game started at 11.50 p.m. This was on a Saturday, okay? And the games were an hour long, um, and, uh, and one of the teams didn't show up. And one team showed up, one team didn't at 11.50. Now, I should have gone home. I was tired. I worked out early that day. I'd been at the men's retreat. I was tired. All common sense said to go to the house, but one of the teams was there, and there's some other players hanging around from previous games, and they wanted to play pickup, and they were hotshot high school players with big mouths and high school attitudes who were just begging for an old man to show them up. So I said, I'll play, and they laughed. I should have just gone home, but I just can't say no to a game of soccer. I just love it too much. The next morning when I woke up for church, I was hurting. I felt a twinge in my back, a bad one. I could barely move. See, now I, I had to stop all physical activity for a couple days while I healed up. See, guys, I was forced to take time off. Pain forced me to take a Sabbath, and that is so true, you guys. How many of us can say the same thing? And I'm not just talking physical pain. How many of us have experienced pain because we didn't listen to God. We didn't listen to our bodies, maybe. Didn't listen to our families. Not just physical pain. How many of us have experienced the pain of rebellious children because we didn't take time off with them when they were younger? How many of us have felt the pain of distant friendships because we, 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 we couldn't stop? We are just too busy to invest in that friendship, and now they're gone. How many of us are having major medical problems because we didn't listen and we didn't stop. How many of us have destroyed our health because we didn't sleep enough? How many of us have hurt the people around us because we said things while stressed because we didn't take time off? I'm not just talking physical pain. Had we done what God said to do, given him the first day of the week and we were renewed ourselves, things would be radically different. We don't take time to renew. Pain forces us to, you all. We will take a Sabbath. Only question is whether it's chosen or whether it's forced. Okay, the Dalai Lama was asked what's the strangest thing about humanity, and he answered this. He said, man, because he sacrifices his health in order to make money. Then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health. And then he's so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present, the result being he does not live in the present or the future. He lives as if he's never going to die and then dies having never really lived. Brilliant insight. Sabbath is a place to renew. Third, is Sabbath is a place to reconnect. Okay, Luke, 15, Luke 5, 15 through 16. 
um, talking about Jesus, yet the news about him spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus was a busy man, son of God. Busy man. Everyone wanted a piece of him. Everybody wanted a, 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 something for him to heal, some, a piece of his time. He was a busy, busy man. So many times he would withdraw to lonely places, just him and God, to reconnect. Okay? Now, yes, I understand. I, he, could, he could pray while he was working. I've heard that from people telling me they don't need a Sabbath. They can just pray all the time they're working. I get that. Yes, he could worship anywhere at any time. Yes, I get that. I hear that too. But, and, but he saw the need to reconnect with God in a place that was away from everyone, everything. Okay? Now, guys, we just came through the Christmas season. I love Christmas. Christmas was awesome. I, I, it was great. We have family traditions that we, that we do on Christmas morning, Christmas Eve. Now, what, and, and probably most of you do too. Now, what if I was to call you on Christmas morning and say, hey, can you come over? You'd probably tell me, um, I, I, I already have plans. We're, we're already doing stuff. I've, I've got plans. I, I, I can't do that now. Right? See, see, when you made plans, you've scheduled a work week around it. You've, you've prepared for it. It's the given. All right? And it's not one of several things you might do that morning. And so I want to suggest something radical to people of Catalyst Christian Church, people join us online, people watching this uh, on YouTube. I'd like to suggest something radical. Many of you have already done it, but I want to continue to emphasize this. I would like to suggest that Sunday morning worship be the given. Not one of many things that you do, not one of several options on Sunday morning, but Sunday worship is the given, kind of like Christmas with your family. You prioritize that. You plan it. It's there. And when someone says, hey, can you, can, can, no, I can't. I've already got plans. All right? One of our core values around here, you hear it all the time, Sundays for worship only. And I'm calling all Christians, if you're a Christian, I, I pray that if you're a non-Christian, I pray you do this too, but especially Christians, that Sunday morning is for worship only. And nothing, and I mean nothing, gets your Sunday morning. Other than God, give your Sunday morning to God and never take it back, okay? If you're a Christian, worship with your church family should be one of the top two or three priorities in your life, all right? Nothing, laundry, sports, laziness, family gatherings, work around the home, nothing gets your Sunday morning except God, all right? I realize this is revolutionary. I mean, I mean total revolutionary. Prior to being at Catalyst, I, never heard, I, I had never been challenged by a pastor to prioritize Sunday morning, never, I had never been told Sunday is for worship only. Never. Uh, when, I, when I started going to church, seriously, when I was in college, I, I, I woke up late and I'd, I'd throw on some clothes and I'd, I'd, I, you know, I'd fly into the parking lot on two wheels you know, uh, 20 minutes late and run in there. I, I did that. I, 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 it was, I wasn't prepared. Um, I never even gave it a thought. I'm challenging Catholic Christian Church and everybody to, to, uh, to give Sunday morning over to God and never take it back. And there are seven things that I want to challenge you guys to do. Seven things every Sunday in giving God the first day of the week. I want seven things. Take this out number one. I want to ask you this. To consecrate Saturday night for preparation. I want you to pray for me. I need prayer, you all. I want you to take Saturday night and start praying for me on Saturday night. I, I, I need it. Start thinking about Sunday morning worship. Number two, I want you to ask, ask you to do this. Pray for non-Christian people who are struggling. I pray that, uh, pray that they would find their way to our church. And then ask the Holy Spirit who you need to invite. Who needs our church family? Who needs to connect with God here at Catalyst? I want you to, I want you to invite them. 
And I pray the Holy Spirit to be powerful at our church the next day. Number three, I want to ask you to confess your sins and ask for forgiveness before you leave for church. I'm going to ask this. I want you to ask that you enter the church body with, without, any, uh, without any unconfessed sin. Enter this church body pure and faultless, forgiven. And, and don't, don't bring your unconfessed sin into the church gathering because it's going to affect your worship. It's going to affect your connection with God. Number four, I'm going to ask you this. Get to church early. All right, like don't do what I did when I was in college, fly in the parking lot and get here. Like, like don't do that, all right? Get to church 20 minutes early. Maybe some of you guys can walk the aisles here and, and, and touch every seat and pray for the person who's going to be sitting there that they would have an encounter with God. Get some coffee and fellowship, but whatever you do, don't get here late. Get here early, all right? Number five, parents. If you're a parent, pray for our children, Right? Pray that they would encounter God in a real and relevant way this Sunday morning while they're at children's or whether they're in here. They're at a very, very, very formative time in their lives. They're getting their beliefs together. They're getting their, their personalities together. They're getting all of, all of who they are is, is being determined right now. And if Jesus does not reach them now, chances are that he never will. So pray for the children in our church. Next generation, do that. Number six, this is a big one. Use the bathroom before church. We get one hour a week. That's one 168th of the week, one hour. Don't miss any of it by having to use a bathroom. I understand emergencies happen, but, but, uh, but use the bathroom before church. Don't miss it. And number seven, I'm gonna ask this. Expect the miraculous to happen. I think we've boiled God down to a formula. I wanna pray. Have we, have we so belittled the power of God that we don't believe that he does things when we're together? I mean, I, I, I want you to expect that the drug-addicted person who is in here will experience freedom from addiction. I, I want you to expect that the couple that's struggling to have their marriage healed while they're here. I want to expect that you'd expect that the non-Christian people will encounter God in such a powerful way that they will want to be baptized and become a Christian. Guys, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of not expecting God to move. So I want you to do those seven things. To, take, to, to not just take Sunday morning to the next level, but to give God the first day of the week. Sabbath, Sabbath isn't just a time for you to reconnect with God personally. It's a, it's a chance for you to reconnect with God's purposes for you. That's what it is. Why was Jesus withdrawing the lonely places to pray? Well, because he was on a mission to accomplish God's will. And by getting alone with God, not only was he reconnecting personally with God, but he was reconnecting with the purposes for which God put him here. Right? That's why I'm asking the church to include those seven things on your Sabbath. All those seven things are part of God's purpose for you. Okay? That's why you're here. All those things are part of God's work in the world. And I want to ask you to reconnect with them. If we neglect the Sabbath, we neglect those things. Right? Number four. The Sabbath is a place to refocus, it's a place to renew, to reconnect, and then to refocus. I want to, every now and then I lose perspective, and I know you guys do too. So I, 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 maybe being here is just a time to kind of reestablish perspective, because when we lose our perspective, Lose all touch with reality. So here's a little bit of perspective for everybody. Um, first one, this is where we are. Anybody see Kentucky? If you can't see Kentucky, it's that big landmass there at the top left, and we're somewhere around that mountain. Okay, that's where you are. That's where you are. Okay, from all of a sudden, 
your problems and stresses and everything look a little bit smaller, but the problem is, is that's not a true perspective. We, we go out even further. Um, you are here, okay? Third rock from the sun. Can't really see it that well, but, but that, that's, that, that you live there, okay? When I was in school, there were nine planets. Now there are eight planets and poor little Pluto. I still, I still, Pluto, I still think you're a planet, okay? All right, but that's really not a big perspective either. Let, let, let's, let's go out a little bit further, okay? You live there. Okay, you live there. That's, that's the Milky Way, and that's our solar system. Our, our star is one of billions of stars in the Milky Way, and the Milky Way is one of billions of galaxies. Okay, we, maybe that just helps establish a little bit of perspective. God is so much bigger than anything we're facing. He's got a whole universe that shouts his glory. We're this tiny little, so, so take a load off. Don't take yourself so seriously. Let, let, let's be a little bit like Calvin here, okay? <clears throat> He's looking at a bug. Wow, what, what, look at this bug go. What on earth will make a bug hurry? Hey, you're deluding yourself, stupid. Nothing you do is important. You're just a bug. Oh my gosh, look at the time. <clears throat> Interesting. Bill Watterson makes a very, very strong point there. What would make a bug scurry? What would make a human scurry? See, guys, when we lose perspective, we start thinking that the world ends and begins with ourselves, and it doesn't. And Sabbath, getting alone with God, stopping, is a way for God to say, chill, will you? Chill. You're a tiny, loved little human being on a tiny little rock in a tiny little solar system in a tiny little galaxy that I'm running. Take it easy. See, Romans 8, 38 through 39 says this, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord See, without Sabbath, I forget that. I forget that the God who holds the entire universe in his palm said that about me and you. With Sabbath, I reconnect. I refocus. See, guys, I'm a busy man. Y'all are all busy people. I'm a husband. I'm a father. All my kids have been involved in extracurriculars since for the 23 years I've been a parent. Uh, pastor of church. I coach my son's high school soccer team. I go to soccer tournaments, soccer games, and I taxi drive my kids everywhere. All right? I lead a small group on Sunday nights and another discipleship group on Monday. I love mission trips. When, when, when COVID doesn't stop me, I try to go over to India, Nepal, as much as I can every year or two. Busy man. And that's why I need Sunday morning worship more than anything. All right? See, without it, I would lose perspective. I, was, I would think that my life's purpose would be uh, soccer tournaments and paying bills. With all that kind of busyness going on, you all, uh, my true life purpose would be lost. So many young people, so many middle-aged people, especially young people, are talking about the purposelessness in life. Well, the reason is because we don't have Sabbath. We don't reconnect with God's purposes for us. And so we're just lost, kind of wandering around, going, taking the path of least resistance. So you guys, people that don't have regular, consistent worship, when they don't hear the word of God, preach, when they don't have worship in, pr in front of them, don't have the creeds of the church, don't have the word of God in front of them, 
You miss a few weeks or months of that. Your life moves away from those things and reorients into what is in front of you. Stress, bills, job, leisure, TV shows. And God moves off the throne and you move on to it when you don't have regular worship. Okay, plain and simple. Whatever is most uh, screaming for your attention is what will get your attention and your focus. I've seen it happen. See, guys, there's nothing wrong with, with being successful or, or, or there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that's not why you're here. All right, people, uh, people uh, think that, that uh, the whole purpose of life is to be comfortable or to be successful or the busiest versions of themselves possible. How tragic. Nothing wrong with being successful. I want to be successful. I really do. It's just that's not why I'm here. There's nothing wrong with playing sports. I love sports, but that's not why I'm here. All right, God did not put together 23 chromosomes for my mom and 23 chromosomes for my dad and mold them together to make me so that I could make as much money as I could, as I could and have the biggest and nicest house on the street and the most com- comfortable and most successful life possible. That's not why he put me here. He created me for intimacy with him. He created me to be in close fellowship with him, enjoy his glory, to enjoy his power and might, to enjoy his love. He created me to bring as many people to that intimacy as possible. He created me with a purpose, a purpose that's lost in the daily grind and the idolatry that shouts at us from every advertisement, every street corner. See, guys, the truth is I need to be in the presence of my church family. You want a secret about pastors? We need the church more than you guys do. You want to know the truth? I, I, I need to hear my sermons more than you do. The, the first person I preach to is myself. I probably get more out of my sermons than you guys ever do. Probably. I need to hear God's truth. I need to hear worship. I need those things because it reconnects me with my life's purpose. Okay? That's why I love Sunday morning worship. I don't want to be one of those people at the end of my life, you hear it so much, who are laying on their deathbed, and they go, oh, I wish I would have, I wish I would have, I wish I would. I don't want to be that guy. What I want to do is I want to be on my deathbed looking up at God and say, God, I did everything you wanted me to do. I stayed on purpose. The things you created me to do, I did them. That's it. Everything else just didn't matter. But you won't do that if you don't have regular worship. All right? Without that, guys, I run the risk of thinking that TV shows, entertainment, comforts, what life is all about, how sad a life that would be. Guys, don't miss a Sunday, okay? Don't miss a Sunday. We need it. Not only do we need to refocus on what's important, we need to refocus on, on life and how the world situation is. I, I, as, as a pastor, I'm very, very much, I, I'm a student of culture. I study, and that means I expose myself to news, <clears throat> media, this kind of stuff, even though I hate it. But I want to know what's going on out there, and, and, and I'm telling you, if you immerse yourself in media and social media and screens, you are convinced that about every six months the world's coming to an end, okay? We're, we're like an entire nation of Fred G. Sanfords. This is a big one, okay? I mean, every, every six months there's something that is just going to end the world. It's all over, Right? I was going through the history of the crises I've been through in the 47 years. When I was five years old. I came home terrified because Leonard Nimoy told us that the world was going to freeze. 
global cooling. Who, who remembers that? Every school child in America was terrified because we watched Mr. Spock tell us that we're all going to die of, 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 there's a new ice age coming. Well, that didn't happen. Then it was acid rain. And then it was a greenhouse effect. Then it was global warming. Then it was uh, acid rain. And then it was climate change. And then it's COVID. And then it's, you know, every single time the whole, the, our whole nation goes, oh, this is a big one. Elizabeth, I'm coming. Okay. Well, one of the great things about Hulu and Netflix is that you get to watch an entire, you know, the, the, the shows that we used to have to wait an entire week to see what would happen next week and watch them all. Well, my wife and I are watching 24 right now, Kiefer Sutherland. I know, 20 years too late, but I drive a 20-year-old car. I'm about 20 years behind, all right? So uh, we're, we're in season th- uh, four right now. And just last night, we were watching Kiefer Sutherland, and he was chasing a terrorist, and the, and the Secretary of Defense has been kidnapped, and, and, uh, and, and, and he's chasing terrorists, and, we, and, and he's going through all this danger stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, he's going to die. Jack Bauer's going to die. And then my wife hits pause, and she goes down to episodes, and there's the season five, and season six, and season seven, season eight, and we're reading the summaries, and it's like Jack Bauer does this, Jack Bauer does this, and I'm like, okay, he doesn't die. We're only in season four, okay? And guys, that's honestly what Sunday worship does for me. Every time I start thinking, we're all gonna die. This is it, this is the big one. The word of God reminds me of how things end and that Jesus wins, that God wins, and I refocus and I don't get stressed out with all the bad news coming our way because there's an episode five, there's an episode six, there's an episode seven, and Jesus is in every single one of them, you guys. That's what worship does. It refocuses you to the truth We're not just living an episode. It's an entire series. All right? See, Jesus told a pretty amazing story about someone that has had Sabbath in their lives. All right? We said that the Sabbath is a place to renew, to reconnect, and to refocus. He told a famous parable about two guys who had lost perspective and one guy who had perspective. It's a story of a good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan, showed a guy was on his way to, to a town. He gets, he gets attacked by robbers. They beat him up. They steal his clothes. They steal his stuff. They leave him for dead. And a pastor like me, who obviously had not renewed, refocused, and reconnected, walked by and he saw this guy's like, oh man, what a shame. He just kind of keeps on walking. And then another religious leader, a Levite, looks at him and says, oh man, I can't, I, he, he looks in pretty bad shape, I'm gonna go, and he just walks. But the, the Samaritan, the Samaritan finds him, and he washes his wounds, he, he bandages him up, puts him on his donkey, takes him to an inn, and says, tells the innkeeper to take care of him, pays for his stay. He says, I'll be back in a month, and if there any more expenses, I'll pay for it. See guys, <clears throat> when you are renewed, refocused, and reconnected, then you are primed to do the work of God in the world. You're there, you are, you are primed to see people in need. You are primed to do what God wants you to do. People that don't have regular worship, that do not give God the first day of their week, are gonna miss it. They're gonna be like that pastor and the religious leader. They're not gonna be like the Samaritan. I'm wondering how many people this past week 
we've missed because we didn't, we were not renewed, we were not refocused, we were not, uh, we, we just weren't, we weren't there. We're disconnected, we're out of focus. But guys, when you have, the, when you give God the first day of your week, you will, renew your, you will be renewed. You'll be reconnected with God and his purposes for you. And you will be encouraged, all right? And refocused, ready to take on the world. All right? Unless we honor Sabbath, we will be like those two that missed the opportunity to do what God wanted them to do. So as we worship, as we worship every Sunday morning, I wanna ask you guys to commit. Sunday is for worship only. I want you guys to prioritize Sunday morning, either online or in person. In person is much better. Be here. If you're sick, you're traveling, join us online. But guys, don't miss a Sunday because this is the Lord's day. He has commanded us to keep it holy. Maybe right now we need to spend some time repenting of how we've treated God's Sabbath. We haven't kept it holy. We haven't honored it. We have used it as a day to do whatever we want, and we're paying the price for it. Well, maybe right now is a time for us to decide that Sabbath is gonna be a part of our lives, that we're gonna take Sabbath by choice, not by force, and we're gonna renew, we're gonna reconnect, and we're gonna refocus on what God wants us to do. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, as we, uh, as we commit to, uh, to living out, to putting you first, Lord, you get the first say in every decision. You get the first day of the week. You get the first part of our morning, the first tenth of our income, first care, first creation. Lord, I, I pray that, that that would be a reality in everyone's life, that we would stop playing church and start taking you seriously as a Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, God of the universe. Lord, I pray that you would bless every person here, Lord, as we go home, I pray that you keep everyone safe and that, that you would get us all home uh, without any incident. We love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.